Jason Lee Podcast. What up? We're back for another episode here at the Jason Lee Podcast. We have a very, very, very healthy audience here. There's like two people. Yes. You know, we don't have the space. But anyway, welcome back. Uh, we're here for another episode. You know, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And I know that you all are watching this on YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere else. But I also want to say shout out to everybody over on TikTok. Because apparently, even though I'm not a TikToker, everybody is telling me that they're seeing all the clips on TikTok, which means all you TikTok motherfuckers that are seeing this right now are like happy that I acknowledge you. So keep TikToking away. I don't understand TikTok. I am not a big, I don't even know what's going on over there. But apparently if I'm going viral, if this show is going viral and everything we're talking about uh, is going viral, might as well get active over there. So you might be seeing me on TikTok soon. I do have new projects coming up that we're going to talk about. And I just want to say again, everybody watching, sharing, commenting, we love you. We see you. We appreciate you. Um, learning YouTube is a really interesting space. So maybe I'll get into it with some YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... Uh happened before but isn't that like so last year <laughs> like i like shout out to all the youtubes out there i've youtubers out there i've been watching sherelle's world i really love her um shout out to um um uh lovely tea and daytime tea time all of you out that are out there neek at night you know the youtube community you guys it takes a grind to be able to mm -hmm. do it the jason lee experience is in multiple platforms and so having an audience that's so diverse on tiktok youtube facebook instagram uh, you know, revolt and all that. It's a lot, but I love the fact that you all are building your shows on YouTube and it just goes to show like you don't have to wait for anybody. I know for me, I was waiting for a network to show up and give me the Jason Lee show. And although a network did show up and did give me a show, mm -hmm. it wasn't what I envisioned daytime to be. And as all of you know, we're going to be talking about a new daily show coming up soon. And then when that rolls out, I love the fact that I have more flexibility and I have to fly to New York and sit in a studio all day. Although I would have taken the breakfast club job but nobody called me. It's okay. It's all right. You'll be calling. Price changes every day. <laughs> uh, you know, this past week was uh, gay pride. It was real gay in West Hollywood. And I was out there almost every, well, I was out there one and a half days. Because by the second day, oh uh, I did not have the stamina to make it. Although Rob stayed for Grace okay. Jones and Tiffany Haddish yes. ended up joining him out there. I went home and went to bed. But before I get into Pride, I have to tell you something that happened this weekend to me that really, it, it got under my skin. And it's a lot of insecure women out there that are gonna feel this message. And Rob is <laughs> bracing for impact. I'm not gonna say any names. I have to tell you this. Everybody, by this point, if you've watched me over the last eight years, you know that I am a homosexual. I'm a homosexual. I don't like that word. It just sounds weird to say I'm a homosexual because I'm like a black man. I'm a this and that, whatever. I'm a homosexual. I love being a homosexual. I couldn't be straight because it's just your community is fucking boring. And you guys have problems that we don't have yet. Okay. Uh, but I have to say this week, this weekend, I got a text. Okay. First of all, I only follow 220 people on Instagram. So I know when... When it goes 219, that means somebody blocked me or disabled their account. And if I'm sober, I will go through my page to find out who the fuck had the audacity to block me. But I was drunk with Rob in West Hollywood this weekend. <laughs> Shout out to Tito's. Um, and ain't a little Mexican near the border. It's a bottle. Okay, of some hard-ass fucking vodka. I drank that shit. We said, anyway, I drank a lot of Tito's. Well, this past weekend was Pride. And so... Everybody was texting me. People were coming in town, going out of town, whatever. I noticed that I only had 219 followers. So I was like, who had the audacity to unfollow me or block me? And then I got a text from this guy. And 
This is a guy that me and Rob met out a few weeks ago. He was with his friends and his girlfriend and their girlfriends. And when we saw them, we we're like, oh my God, they're these are they're, they're gorgeous. Rob, we were like, let's, you know, go get them and let's bring them out. To, bring them to the table, hang yeah. out. Like, cause we want friends, you know? So they came to the table, we got them drunk or whatever. After the club, they texted us and said, Where y'all at? I said, Well, at my house. He said, We're gonna pull up. And they pulled up, and who they pull up with? Their friends, but not their girlfriends. <laughs> and that I think became the beginning of the problem. Well, then what happened after? Yeah, I was there. Well, Wait, yes, yes, those guys. Yeah, oh, well, okay. yes, okay. Okay, we're not saying names. Or just I have to put a face to the story. Yes. Beautiful yes. men. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, but at this point, they know they're in a homosexual. Zone. Correct. Okay, because there's you're the only girl there. Correct. Okay, which is typical. There's only Marina or Sarah. Sarah. That's it. There's two girls. If there's three. Shit's going down. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we end up becoming cool. He's just, they're cool people. So we're texting whatever. And I'm going to make my point, but I have to, I have to color this story. This weekend, I get a text from him and he says, hi, my girl blocked you. LOL. Where the hoes at? And I said, okay, first of all, there's so many issues with this text. One, the text is green. Two, your girl blocked me. Three, where the hoes at? Like, what is that? Right. I'm gagging too. Right. So I'm like, what do you mean where the hoes at? So I mean, he's like, where the hoes at? Your girl blocked me. I said, well, first, I can't get past the fact that your girl blocked me. Why did your girl block me? And he said to me, he doesn't know why. She just blocked me. So I went to go look at him on Instagram. He was the one that had blocked me. Like, she blocked me from his Instagram mm -hmm. and then blocked me in his phone. Well, clearly, he found another way to reach me. So I said, don't worry about that. I got a solution. I got another phone number. Here's my phone. Take that number. So he texts number. Long story short, him and I start texting. And we're talking. I'm like, I'm going to West Hollywood Pride. He's like, is there hoes? I'm like, there's going to be hoes. There's going to be trans. There's going to be straight, gay. There's going to be fat, skinny. There's going to be Whatever everything you want. you want. It's going to be the Skittle of the fuck. You could taste the rainbow, literally, if you want to pull up. So I tell him, you know, yeah, we'll be out there. You and He's like, me and my homies going to pull up. I was like, okay, so as long as they're girls. I'm like, yeah, there's girls, whatever. Mm -mm. Gets better. So we're texting, we're texting, we're texting. So he starts going on about something about you know, he wants to you know, sleep with these girls, whatever. I was like, well, if y'all fucking at my house, I'm watching. It's a joke. Now, here's the deal. <laughs> Maybe texting, you can't really understand. It's a joke. Yeah. It's not really a joke, but it was jokingly said. Like, I'm. A, he said, if I watch, I got to pay. I said, I don't pay for sexual services, whether it's performing them, <laughs> watching them. I don't subscribe to OnlyFans. Now, I ain't going to lie and say I ain't supported some of you content creators <laughs> and some of you know you got them cash out for receipts. But the oh, reality yeah. is I'm not a sex worker shamer, nor am I going to pay for sex. He's laughing. Oh, well, if you watch, it's going to be a pretty penny. I said, well, not with this market, LOL. You can come and jack off or something. It's a really inappropriate texting that's happening at this point. I know you guys are watching the judge and saying, he ain't straight. Well, neither is your man, but I'm, <laughs> I'm laying this out for you, okay? So here we are talking, and we're having a fun conversation. And this is what I loved about it. One, I love the fact that straight people can have a conversation with an openly gay person and not see their sexuality as a barrier oh, to yeah. having a real, true, and authentic relationship. You know, And so we're talking, text, whatever. Well, I get in the shower. And I get out, and there's three missed calls from him. So I call the number back, and the girl answers, and she says, who is this? No, she answers, and I and I said, so-and-so, what do you want? Because, like, why are you blowing up my phone laughing? Because we're getting ready to meet up at Pride. She goes, who is this? I said, this is Leroy. 
because now I'm lying. Because now I feel guilted based on being blocked. And I'm texting him saying, we got to sneak now. We got to have code names. We got to put on a show. We got to, no, him and I, he's, oh, I put your name as this. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like, we're like role playing over text. It's like kind of high. I ain't gonna lie. So then now I'm like confronted by the girlfriend. So I'm telling her, listen, I'm Leroy. I hang up. Leroy hangs up. Well, she goes and reads all the texts. And then she starts coming at me. Okay, Jason. So it's like she's kind of checking me. Now, I'm trying to be nice because I'm trying to be respectful because, one, I'm not having sex with your man. It's not even on that type of time. Two, you literally are reading all our texting and jokes out of context, and now you're mad. She's not even focused on the fact that he asked where the hoe's at. She's focused on the fact that he's texting a gay man about me paying him for sex. This is the narrative she started, right? So I'm gagging at the fact that I'm being confronted. I've never been confronted by a girl. All the straight men that I've messed with in my whole life, I've never had a woman call and confront me about sleeping with her man. Never, right? And this now being confronted about sleeping with a man that I'm not sleeping with. So I'm texting. So I'm we're texting back and forth. Finally, I said, okay, I'm going to just break it down to you. If your pussy's not enough for him and he needs another woman, or he somehow went out of a way to unblock me to find another pathway to communicate with me, and he's coming out to hang out with me at Gay Pride, Clearly, you ain't enough, boo. Look at all the signs. Pack it up. Go home. Weekend at Bernie's is dead. Like, it's a wrap, right? So long story short, we and her going back and forth. She's like, do you think it's cute that you're hitting on a straight man? I go, you're not the, he's not the first, not the last. Um, I'm not embarrassed by this. If you want to share these texts, I don't run from drama. I run to it. Good luck. Have a great time. It's amazing content, and I don't care. And so then she stopped. Ten minutes later, he texted me and said, don't go back and forth with my girl. I said, are you on your way? He said, yeah, he pulled up and we had a great time at Pride. A good old time. A good old time. And she was nowhere to be found the home. <laughs> no, he told her she couldn't come. Nope, she was told to stay at home. But he's still going to stay with her? That's that. There's different levels to this. Break it down. He shouldn't be with her because clearly she's insecure. She should be secure in her man. This is coming from a woman. Y'all see what I'm saying? And this yep. is what I told him. Here, I got to stick up for the bitch. Because you know what here. she could have said? She could have said, baby, let's pull up. I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. Yeah. That's right. But clearly he's trying to escape you because you are boring. Correct. You are a nuisance. You are insecure. Went made a whole scene in front of his friends and everything. Yes. But the greater. the greater issue to me is the fact that he said he would fuck another girl in front of you. And he also said where the hoe's at. So the whole conversation has been about him cheating on her with other women. It's but her major, yeah, yes. her major concern is you. But her major concern concern should be all the other women that he is trying to get to Correct. without her there. Like, come that on, girl. Part. <laughs> that part. But the reason why I open with that story is because this is going to be the episode of Jason's Tea Unlocked. I'm going to be showing you my tea because I went viral this week. And all of you nasty little fuckers on Twitter, <laughs> I saw what you had to say. I haven't responded because I wanted to wait till my show. I'm going to spill the tea where I get paid. I don't do it like you. I'm not a arm a uh, 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 armchair quarterback sitting there uh, in front of TV with popcorn and just yelling out things. I'm getting fucking paid. So if I'm going to be responding to things, I'm going to be responding to them here. And so, yeah, I want to talk about it. And the reason why I set this up is that June is Pride Month, and we are celebrating all the homosexuals all over the world. We love all of you gay, glittery motherfuckers. Them, thou, thou, them, the shit. I don't even know all the pronounings. LGBTQ, AI+, AI, IA, Elemental P, like whatever, right? We're celebrating uh, Pride. And Pride is really about showing pride for your people. 
And as somebody who is proud to be gay, I don't want to not be gay. I don't even understand what not being gay would look like. And yes, I've lost all this weight and all you women are trying to fuck. It's never going to happen. I don't want to go back. I'm not a backslider. <laughs> Jesus don't like them. So I'm happy being gay and I'm celebrating pride by showing my pride and being open about the experiences I'm going through with a lot of homophobia. You know, we have Prince here from Love and Hip Hop on the show where he talked about even feeling suicidal over a lot of the stuff that he's gone through, which has been him trying to find himself because all of you have been trying to put the gay thing on him. And I've mm -hmm. known Prince forever. And if he was gay, I would have been chewed on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. But anyway, yeah, I, I just think that we have to get to a place where we can become not just tolerant, but accepting of people's diversity and differences and also not throw labels on things. You know, something that I've had to struggle with here as an individual, I'll be quite open with, I've struggled with becoming a public person and the evolution of homophobia in my experience. Before becoming a public person, I lived under the veil of being straight. Nobody called me out for being gay. Nobody called me a faggot. You were there the first time I was ever called a faggot to my face. Yep. Um, I've, I've, I never had those experiences. And so when I think about pride, and I think about a lot of the trans or, or feminine boys or, or, or uh, masculine women who may go through experiences because they don't have the privilege of that veil. I feel empathy for them because I now am a part of that experience. And so as I talk about it today, I couch a lot of seriousness and jokes because you guys can't digest real talk all the time. So there's a lot of humor in it, you know, the whole texting and all that. But the reality is, is that this is a very problematic thing that that I don't understand how my community has dealt with. And now I understand why there's so much suicide and teen bullying and kids killing themselves because they just want to escape the, 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 the pain that a lot of you watching or who you live with that may be watching on the side inflict them on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use my platform to get into that. Um, but anyway, we ended up hanging out with the guys at Pride, had a fun time. Uh, I remember, I don't know if you remember, we were sitting there at the table. Sky from Black King, shout out to Sky, pulled up to have a good time with us. And uh, they were dancing with a bunch of gay and lesbian people. They had created a circle, <laughs> yeah. and they were all going in the circle. And I remember them telling the guy, come on, now this is a person who she's concerned, his girlfriend's concerned it might be gay. Who like at first was apprehensive about getting in the circle, but once he got in, he had a good time. He was in that circle breaking out his best dance moves. So was he giving trade or not? Nah? No. no, he was oh, giving. Okay. He was giving Ohana. I learned that from you, but trade. <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't giving trade. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal: if he was gay or bisexual or curious at at best, I would take him down for sure and send him right back to his girlfriend. <laughs> without feeling guilty. Because the thing about it is, it's not my job to police your yes. relationships. It's not the gay boys, gay lesbians jobs to or trans to police your relationships. Mm -hmm. If you don't figure out a way to make your man's men or women feel secure, supportive, in a stable environment filled with love and support and all of that, then they're going to wander, whether they wander with her, whether they wander with me or him, they're going to wander because people who can't find love at home will go find it somewhere. Mm. It could be in the back alley in Chicago like that one time I told y'all about. It's going to be wherever it's going to be. And it could be love for a minute, a, a week, or a lifetime. You know? So, yeah. This weekend was a lot. So we're going to get into that because something else happened. Like I said, I went viral and I'm going to show you because I believe in spilling my own tea. But, um, fuck it, let's just get to it. It's the tea with this. <laughs> All right, well, listen, over the weekend, something happened that I'm going to talk about today that I w was hoping that I would never have to talk about, and that's any time a friend passes. But I got an update, 
and all of you saw that Miss Jackie O. Now, this is somebody who was a part of the Wild and Out family. She was a Wild and Out girl. She's the mother of the three beautiful uh, children by my friend DC Young Fly. And this is somebody who I interacted with for five seasons on the set of Wild and Out. And so uh, we were given the news as everybody was at this point. You were aware she she passed away. Now, <clears throat> her name is Jacqueline, Miss Jackie O. Smith. Just want to humanize her because I've been in different chats. I've been on Clubhouse. I've looked at Instagram. I've been seeing the comments and hearing lots of conversations about this situation. And I have my thoughts. I'm going to talk about them. But, you know, she uh, had a lot of her own businesses. And she was, like I said, a mother of three. Her youngest child, six months old. She had uh, three children. Two were girls. One was a boy. And let me show you a, a picture of DC Youngfly, Jackie, and their kids. This is uh, the family, right? Beautiful family, beautiful children. And what's interesting about this photo with her and her children, and you can come back to me, is that anytime you've seen Jackie O at Wild and Out, she had her kids with her. She was always with her kids. Um, she was a loving, nurturing mother, and she's passed away at the age, I believe, of 32, 31, 32 years old. Um, yeah, she, so she passed away far too, far too soon. Now, what we heard from people online, of course, as you saw, she, um, passed away, uh, from complications from a recent surgery she had. Now there was a Miami doctor named Dr. Zachary Oka. I, okay. I'm just to say Dr. Zachary O. Now let me show you a picture of the doctor. For those of you watching, you'll see this. This is the doctor. This was a post that he put up right before the procedure where he said that he was getting ready for a mommy makeover with Jackie. Now, Jackie just had a child six months before. I will tell you, to me, Jackie looked great. Mm -hmm. This has been a big part of the conversation online because a lot of you have had a lot to say about her decision to go back under the knife that soon after having a baby. You guys have been blaming her for her death. You've been blaming DC. You've, I've been reading all the comments. I went on Clubhouse, heard some disgusting conversations. And I, I've, I've been bothered by that because one, I just would like to humanize that Jackie, her, she's a, she's a person. That's number one. And there's a lot Very of people that have been warning and a lot of friends and family in DC who have been struggling with the fact that Jackie is gone because Jackie was the kind of person when she walked in the room, she lights it up. Always positive, never heard her say anything negative, never heard her into a fight with anybody or into any type of beef with people. Um, and shout out to B. Simone, who did a great job of recapping their friendship on her Instagram, where she did a lot of videos and showed a lot of Jackie's personality and their friendship. Um, but I saw all the comments and stuff online. People were blaming her because they said she looked great. She didn't need it. Uh, DC told her not to have it, allegedly. Uh, she should have been back in the doctor that soon. And it just goes back to it's one, people get procedures all the time Two, the doctor who they're saying uh, may not have been fully licensed or something. There's something along with the lines that there may be an issue there with his practice. I did see a lot of uh, ratings where people were saying negative things about his work. Um, and my understanding is that he allegedly pushed the procedure back three months from when she originally wanted to do it, when she wanted to do it, allegedly three months after she had her baby. But people were blaming her for this and blaming her for leaving her young kids. And I just thought it was the most disgusting thing that I'd ever heard uh, on Clubhouse. And when I went on Clubhouse, a lot of you kept requesting me to come up and talk. And I was not going to participate in the conversation over my friends, the death of my friend's uh, fiance and children's mother. Uh, for for entertainment. I wasn't going to do that, but I did want to talk about it today where we have some time to really get into it. Now, people were saying that she had the mommy makeover and she was found unresponsive in her hotel room. Now, although they haven't rolled out what the official cause of death was, whether it was malpractice or anything else, social media has just, like I said, raised so many questions about the surgeon who performed the procedure and other things and about why she was seemingly left alone in her, her hotel room after the surgery. 
people were saying that the uh, the surgeon might not have been fully licensed to do the procedure and it's also alleged that he was contacted about symptoms she displayed but that he dismissed them now people are waiting uh, to hear more on this and what happened, but um, I'm sure you guys saw it all over social media because we've been posting it. What'd you think? Heartbreaking, heartbreaking to think. I th agree that also that she's beautiful, but body dysmorphia is real. Like she probably looked in the mirror and wasn't confident in herself, which breaks my heart because she was gorgeous. But I just feel like it's a tricky conversation talking about women and their bodies and should she have gotten it, should she have not? Because it's complicated. And did you guys also see that that Dr. Zach did Young Miami's body? I didn't see that now. Mm -hmm. On his Instagram, he was po he posted everything. So that's why everything everyone's also like, you never know. You know, he was doing celebrities' bodies, and still, like anything can happen. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, and I, I think it, it speaks to the the pressure of wanting to, I guess, I don't know, like fulfill a, a like you said, a, a personal desire to to find beauty in yourself. Because I know you and I talk about this. Like I look in the mirror and I don't see what a lot of other people may see. I see imperfections. That's the first thing my eyes are drawn to. So I, there's no place where we can put blame on a woman who's, you know, making a choice to do something that makes her feel more beautiful or makes her feel better. But the one thing I it d did bring up immediately for me was something that you did for everyone, which was you made everyone go get micronutrient tests. Because even though we may look perfect on the outside, we also need to like make sure that we're healthy on the inside. And I think it's important for everyone to take moments like this and and check on their physical health, not just the physical, like the 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 visible portion of it, but internally. So, um, I don't know. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking, and I think people should back off of making comments because these comments live forever, and her children, as they grow older, have to see this stuff that people are putting out there. And I think you know, we see you all bashing Lizzo and people online, and you don't know the impact that that has on people because even with my own personal journey of losing 128 pounds, I have body dysmorphia, and when I go online. Yes, I do see a lot of you look better, you look better, you look better, but I also see the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gets louder and louder and louder. And then you start looking at your body. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'll go in the office with Rob and say, do I look fat? And he's looking at me like, and, and but I've seen you also catch on that you understand what it is. Yeah. At first you were just very like, what? And then now you understand it's, mm -hmm. it's attributed to what we're seeing online. I just think blaming, you know, blaming any person for doing whatever they want with their body, regardless of the result, is not fair because mm -hmm. again, you know, the conversation shouldn't be shouldn't be now about whether or not she should have did it. Was it too soon or not? People die during surgeries all the time. That's why when I mm -hmm. had my surgery, I had a lot of consultation. I had a, pulled a lot of people into. I did a lot of work before, and even now in going to um, get the ultrasound for varicose veins, like I'm going into the whole process of researching how to do that. What what does that look like? Making sure I have the right doctors, and then another thing too, you know, while people were bashing me about my body and the changes I've gone through, they didn't know I was going through colonoscopy and, and and found two polyps that I had to take care of because I don't want to die of colon cancer. And that was around the time that someone else had died of colon cancer. And, and again, you don't know what people are going through in their life and that, yes, entertainers put themselves out there to be stripped apart. I get that. I'm in the business. I, I know that. And the reason why I don't address everything all the time is because I signed up for this. Mm -hmm. But 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 it still doesn't make it fair. It doesn't make it fair. And I don't um, I don't participate in the blaming of what somebody does uh, with their body. I will comment on what it looks like, or what it doesn't look like. But I do have some self some some empathy when people actually die as a result of a procedure. Now, DC Young Fly uh, re recently broke his silence and he said, we thank everyone for their well wishes and we ask for privacy during this, this difficult time. 
Now, what it's done is it's reminded us, reminded us all of what comes with surgery, the dangers, right? And why it's important to do your research to, main, to remain healthy. Now, what I will say is that, as Rob pointed out, part of the biggest part of my whole weight loss journey, and even still to this day in maintaining it, because first it was how do you get healthy, and then now how do you maintain it, is finding a really good team of doctors. Uh, two, consulting with people in the medical field that you trust, that you can say everything you need to uh, about your current health status. And then also uh, the micronutrient test. That's the beginning and, the, and, that's the, beginning and the, the whole thing that you do as you're going through the process because it tells you the status of your blood cells, your blood cell count. It tells you your organ health. It tells you everything about your entire body. And that is, I think, the key reason why I'm still healthy right now because mm -hmm. I've done that. And you guys had that experience and you like it. Love. It's changed my life. I bought all the stuff that I needed to buy. I didn't even know. Like, I was low on biotin. Like, all these random things. And I'm always tired. She gave me taurine supplements. Like, I don't even know that was a thing. And so many people don't even know that. Mm -hmm. And it's sad also because I feel like a lot of health comes with insurance and having a good job and, and the healthcare system. That's a whole separate conversation. But even if you have money, which, like, obviously, even with Miss Jackie or whatever, like, it's just sad. But, yeah. Yeah. Changed my life. Yeah. The micronutrient test was great. And I, you know, I'm going through like a, some gastrointestinal issues now. And it was interesting to see the markers on it showing that I wasn't absorbing a lot of the nutrients from things I do eat. So she recommended su some supplements and I do feel better. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when, if we go out and like have a night out and drink, I am bouncing up like I have never before because at a certain point, I think as we get older, I couldn't maintain the alcohol, but now I feel a lot healthier with like the things that I'm putting in my body to maintain my health. But I can enjoy a glass of wine or a, a drink when we go out for a kiki. So, yeah. you know, but now I feel better when I'm hopping yeah, up in the you morning. you still owe me a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> Boy, Rob will blow up. Not putting him on glass. Well, Rob. I'm getting a colonoscopy in two weeks. Well, so good luck. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, listen, um, something else that was happening at the same time is uh, a friend of mine from Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, Moni Slaughter, she posted that she was getting ready to go through a procedure of her own. Now, I didn't know. First of all, let me just say this. Monish, you know, I love you. I've, you're, you're very supportive. We text all the time. And Monish has gone through a lot in life. And I'm not going to speak to why she's gained the weight. But I did want to say I didn't even know that Monish had gained this much weight. Mm -hmm. Now, Monish, what I will say is that um, you putting yourself out here like this took a lot of fucking courage because I wouldn't have did it. I wouldn't know how to do it because this shit lives on forever. But you did it. Um, but you put out this video right after it was announced that Jackie O died. And I knew once I saw it, once I saw it come through the group chat, I said, okay, well, this is not going to pan over well. This was a video that Monish posted uh, and I'm going to talk to you uh, while it shows. This is a pre-op video of her online that she posted with her doctor. And he was looking at her body and explaining the work that she was going to have. She was going to have a tummy tuck. Now, a tummy tuck, from my understanding, is where they cut you from one side all the way to the other and then suck out all the fat. And while they're doing that, they also do lipo, right? And then they, 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 they don't do lipo. Well, if you're doing a mommy makeover, they do it. They my makeover, they're doing all the shit as much as they can at one. But when they're cutting you from one end to another and they're pulling all that fat out and then um, stapling you or whatever back, suture, I don't know the whole thing. Oh they put God. you all the way back together. And that thing goes all the way across. I mean, they cut it all the way open. So she was gonna have a tummy tuck. She posted that right after Jackie O died. The internet went crazy. 
Now, she then, I guess, she didn't make the procedure because she wasn't prepared. This is the statement that she posted up. Okay, she basically is saying that it was indefinitely postponed because her EKG was irregular. Now, I'm going to just leave this here for a while while I talk about it. But she talked about um, having not been qualified to do the procedure. Now, this is why people need to do the pre-op work with their doctors. Blood work, make sure your labs are right, make sure you do the EKG, because you want to make sure your heart is strong enough to be able to sustain having that much damage. I won't say damage, but you know, that much, what is it, pressure, that much um, activity, I don't know the word. But to have that much going on, you want to make sure that you're actually um, healthy enough to do it. Blood work, EKG, and all of that. Also, when you go under, they're putting you under anesthesia. Mm -hmm. You can die in under anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So apparently it's been postponed, Monice. I'm glad that you did um, the pre-work. I don't know how you gained all the weight. I know that you've been talking to me about coming on the podcast. Maybe you come back next week here and let's deep dive into it so we can understand more about what's going on with your journey and, and all of that. Um, but... I, I pray for Monice, and I pray that you're figuring it out. And I understand how it is to be overweight and not want to be overweight. And this is somebody who was very skinny, very slim. All right. You know, I just want to say to DC, to the family, to all the friends while and out, everybody, I've been seeing all the posts from our producers, Nick, and everybody out there posting Jackie O. This was an incredible loss. Um, and in DC, I mean, I know you're a, a strong person. I know that you have fought hard to get to where you are in life. And I know you're going to fight to get through this. I will say, because this is on the theme of pride, when I went, I told the story before on my podcast, when I went to Wild and Out, everybody said that, oh, the cast is homophobic and they're not gonna feel comfortable having a gay, having gay castmates. And I was one of the few homosexuals on the, the castmates, the new people. And it was DC Young Fly that actually was the person that stood up for me and, well, they weren't talking to me because they wouldn't do that, but they, he stood up for the gay cast members in the room when one of the new, uh, uh, people who were trying to be a cast member was calling them a faggot mm -hmm. at Wild and Out backstage. And before MTV intervened, before the attorneys, before Nick and all that, DC grabbed the person, took him outside and checked him. And then, of course, I went to Nick. I was like, yeah, then they got to go. And they fired him. But, you know, it was DC that is a very heterosexual man living in Atlanta from the black community who stood up for us. And so we stand with you, DC. We send you our prayers and we hope that you're pulling through this very unfortunate time. All right. Well, Pete, then cussed out Peter. And told them to suck his pita. That's what Charlemagne said. <laughs> Pete Davidson cussed out pita. Before we get into this, can I just tell you that, and I understand why Peter's there, because every organization needs, like, everything needs to have something, mm -hmm. right? Like, we need somebody to fight for animals. Um, these are the people that show up and throw pain on you or yell at you or scream at you. And they do it to the right people, because you're going you're gonna to pull up on some black folks, and they're going to beat the <laughs> shit out of you. But Pete Davidson, um, and... I'm not a friend or fan of Pete, so this is not neither here or there. I don't care. I think this is a crazy topic to even be talking about. But Pete Davidson told Peter to suck his 10-inch penis. Alleged well, I'll just do it allegedly because that's what that's Allegedly. <laughs> now, Pete Davidson uh, wants them to get off of his ass because he bought a new dog. Now, a month ago, Pete said his dog, Henry, passed away. And the dog was very sick. Dog passed away. So he said his mom and sister were very emotional, and they got Henry at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, they, they said that, let me back up. They said, that, they said that his mom and sister were very emotional about it and that they got this dog at the beginning of the pandemic and, they, and the entire family was broken by the death of this dog. Now, dogs are like family members. Mm -hmm. We all know if you see my social media, Gucci and Chanel, 
I try to put them on as much as possible. They have their own personalities now. These are my babies. So I could see if you get addicted to them during the pandemic, you were locked in your house with these dogs. Um, and now Pete was spotted out by PETA buying a new dog. And so buying the new dog has now driven PETA over the edge. So Pete Davidson, I guess, did this and made them mad. Now, some woman named Daphne over at PETA, I guess she's the senior vice president of cruelty investigations, slammed him for not adopting a dog from, a, from an animal shelter. Well, this is what she told TMZ. Our hearts go out to the Davidson family for the loss of their dog, but Pete must know in his heart that there's no excuse for buying a dog and propping up the puppy mill industry when millions of dogs await loving homes and shelters. And we hope he'll do the right thing and adopt next time. Um, this is what Pete had to say. Take a listen. Hi, my name's Pete Davidson. This message is for Daphna. Um, the scene. Uh, thank you so much for making comments publicly that I didn't adopt a dog. I just want to let you know I'm severely allergic to dogs, so I have to get a specific breed. I'm only not allergic to cavapoos and those type of dogs. And my mom's dog who was two years old died a week prior and we're all so sad so i had to get a specific dog so why don't you do your research before you create news stories for people because you're a boring tired you and suck my i love it i love it i live for pete davidson i love you and suck my dick well listen i I understand PETA has to exist because they just have to exist. Like, I get it. There are animals that are being harmed out there in the world. Yes. Should we be shooting deer in the wild? I don't know. How would we eat? Should we be choking chickens? Not the one I did this morning, but the ones that we eat at KFC. Mind your business. Okay. My point, my point is those we eat meat. We eat meat. That means we have to kill fucking animals, PETA. But, but because we have to kill animals to eat them, Peter will always exist because they'll always be telling us not to eat. Well, Daphna, what the fuck do you even look like? Why don't you go open up your fucking backyard, get a whole bunch of bullpens, and just bring... Not this bullpen. Get you, get, get you cages and bring all the animals to your house. What is up with policing people's houses? Look, okay. I do understand nah. I, look i do understand the idea of not buying puppies from pet stores that we don't know what kind of condition it's feeding on the other end because there are like these puppy mills and farms where the conditions are very very bad for the dogs but she's assuming that he bought it at a pet at a puppy mill what, right that what, what i was going to say is i do not believe that she approached this situation the right way i think she completely did this mm -hmm. to for clickbait to get PETA out there, to possibly get her name out there, which she was successful at doing, uh, but the, at the expense of this family who is suffering the loss of their dog. Like, I just lost my dog. Dogs are very important to you. They're they're like family. So he was trying to do the right thing and replace his family dog to heal people. So she should shut up. I and... bought Gucci from a puppy mill. Okay? <laughs> Call it what you want. I bought it from a breeder. So you did rescue him. I, That's no, a excuse me. They put him on a flight. Okay? My dog was put on a flight to me. When I saw a picture of Gucci side-eyeing the fuck out of the woman trying to take his temperature, I was like, that's my child. <laughs> and the crazy part is, is that not the dog I bond with the most? Gucci. Yeah. Gucci comes in my office every day, jumps up in my lap. He don't look at me and go, I'm from a puppy mill. He don't fucking know what's going on. Like, this is the deal, right? Yeah, the, nice, the nicest way you just said it was, this is a clout-chasing-ass bitch who should be minding her fucking <laughs> business. Correct. That's what you said, okay? I, that's what I heard you say. 
Uh, I also heard you say she's probably lonely, pathetic, and don't have no dick in her life. So therefore, this is the only dog that she can jump on. Maybe okay, she came up to Pete because of the rumors well, about his. And you know. he's now offered you to suck his <laughs> cock. So you can actually pull up on Pete's pita and eat it. I just don't understand why. Okay, so like Chanel. I bought Chanel. Chanel was pulled in a fucking wagon in the middle of Four Seasons restaurant. My dogs both come from flights and Four Seasons. And so am I a part of the problem because I don't get, go get some one-eyed dog that's laying in a cage, breathing hysterically, waiting for me to come bring it back to my four-story house? Guess what? Nah. You know why? Because if I go rescue one of the motherfuckers and they can't see, turn the corner, and then they fall off the goddamn ledge, all of a sudden now I've created an unsafe environment that Peter's going to show up and throw a flower on because I'm not protecting the blind dogs. No, not everybody wants a blind dog. And you know what? This is no shade. I know Amanda Seals has a dog with one eye. He's a cute dog, very, very loving, and that's her choice. And she probably is into this whole don't go to a puppy mill thing because she's very grounded and connected to the earth and all. No, my dog's name are Gucci and Chanel. <laughs> We're actually looking for Gucci and Chanel collars right now. Yes, my dogs are very well taken care of. My assistants take care of my dogs. They have assistants. So let's just be very clear. Everybody has the right to do what they want. Why do we live in a country where everybody's trying to control what people are doing? And it's always white people who care. Black people don't care. We are raising pit bulls. Then you want to get rid of the pit bull because all of a sudden it's dangerous and it's going to kill Lolita on the block. Lolita shouldn't be peeking her head in the fucking yard anyway. Lolita need to get her ass chewed on. And you know what? Furthermore, all of you guys who are getting kids that are, kids that are getting mauled by dogs, stop letting your kids play around with these fucking pit bulls. Mm -hmm. It's not the pit bull's fault that we got it from a store or a puppy mill. The puppy mill didn't tell the pit bull to eat your kid. You being a pathetic parent putting your kid in the cage, well, uh -oh. <laughs> no. in the room for these dogs to eat is your fault. You keep them on leashes at the malls, why don't you keep them on a leash at the house? I'm just saying, I just have a problem where people get in other people's business, although I made millions of dollars being in other people's business. That's not the point. The point is, is that I don't go live and complain to Pete Davidson for doing what he needed to do to take care of his parents. And y'all know I don't stick up with Pete, but on this one, I'm sorry, uh, Pete, you should have sent her a visual. You should have sent her a video um, that we could have played here on the show. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm here for him. But it's not like he slapped the dog in the head. Like, then... He bought a dog. He just and bought we're talking a dog in the store. That's it. Yeah. Insane. Now, I will say, Puppy Mills, if... I mean, I don't know what is a Puppy Mill, because I think... Gucci came from a puppy mill. Like they had a bunch of them running around. They were sending me videos and pictures. Do you want this one? This one? that's a puppy mill, right? Yeah, essentially. Okay. But some of them have Beautiful really bad dogs. conditions for the dogs. But again, I I agree with you. I don't believe in telling people what to do, but I do believe that putting as much information out so people can make choices is a good thing. So there's dogs in shelters that are not one-eyed. My dog came from a shelter. She was a full-bred boxer puppy, and. That was the best dog I've ever had. She was great, but she was from a shelter. So I rescued her from there. So there but are But did you options. get her because you intentionally wanted to come from a rescue? I wanted a boxer. So I researched boxer rescues first before I went to buy okay, a breeder. Well, that's so. because, you know, all your friends are white. And, and, and that's what white people do. <laughs> Stay out the fields, Marina. Okay. Listen, that's that's what happens. White people teach you to do things the way white people do. Yes. Why, shout out to Rosa Acosta, who loves. She, she's a champion, a friend of mine who champions rescuing dogs and if you want to rescue a dog rescue a dog Peter, what you're doing right now is taking away people's choices the same with me having an opinion on what marina does with her body it is not my body it's a woman's choice it's pete's choice if pete want to get a dog 
uh, from a puppy mill. Now, I will say, I don't like the words puppy mills. We're only saying that for the sake of this conversation. But yeah, if you're raising dogs in an unsafe environment, whether it's you breeding them at home by yourself or some business that's mm -hmm. commercializing, it's wrong, period, because animals are, I mean, they're humans, right? I mean, not humans, but you know, they have heartbeats. They have yeah. feelings, yeah. yeah. But they feel pain. Bitch, y'all not going to go to Mastro's and, <laughs> and throw paint on the waiters who are serving Wagyu. Why? Because Wagyu mm -hmm. was a grass-fed cow that they sang to and pet and talked to and it made it easier to kill the motherfuckers while we ate them so while you're getting that wagyu steak you're still a fucking killer you're still <laughs> killing right but they're never gonna go and throw of course not paint on the guy who does this what's his name we salt bay salt bay who's out there killing cows <laughs> and serving thousand dollar steaks i ate a thousand dollar steak in miami gold flakes and all oh, it was beautiful and when i bit it it said Moo. And guess what? <laughs> PETA wasn't there. So what? I just think that PETA is only here. PETA's only here to annoy people, mm -hmm. I think. People are going to be mad. PETA, I'm going to tell you right now, you pull up on me, don't send, you can send Daphna or, 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 or Dion, better duck, because I'm not playing. I'm not Pete. Don't pull up on me with that funny shit. You throw some paint on my suits in public, we're going to have some problems. And shout out to Pete and his PETA. Oh, oh. what a, oh, it's a cute. Damn, what, what, what puppy mill he get that from? <laughs> it's a Gucci mix. and Chanel need a cousin named Dior. <laughs> <laughs> but just so I could be socially responsible to my following, Gucci and Chanel are both light skinned. My next dog will be pitch black. Oh my god! No, because if they're gonna, they're gonna they, like I get my dogs. They're like, why his dogs both white? I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm only saying that because we're gonna be talking about the rest of the fuck shit y'all been saying, okay? All right, um, this is not a cute picture of Pete either. No. Would you be with somebody that looks like this if they have a big penis? Yes. Really? I love Pete Davidson. I love Pete Davidson. I no, 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 love. No. I, I'm saying. Look -wise. Would you date somebody who looked like that? I don't. If they weren't Pete Davidson, but had a big penis. I don't think he's unattractive. I think he's just he just. Would you he's date sloppy. somebody unattractive with a big penis? He's sloppy. Would you date somebody unattractive with a big penis? I want to date somebody who I'm attracted to. But you're attracted to penis, so would you be attracted to a person with a big penis? I, I, what I'm, I'm saying, I think Pete Davidson is attractive. I'm not talking about Pete Davidson anymore. I'm talking about I would not date someone who I'm not attracted to. Yeah, no, I'm not going. So to. you could be non-attracted. You could be. You could find a guy with a big penis not attractive. Yes, but you would still sleep with him. No, <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> this 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 show is about truth and transparency. <laughs> I know my friend. It'd be Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. Okay. Anyway, bye, Pete. Stop thinking about the church community when you answer this question. I'm, I am not thinking about the church community. <laughs> thinking about his career. <laughs> All right. Well, the internet is ablaze. Thank God I didn't go to New York this past weekend because Ice Spice was on the list today. Now, first of all, let me just say, Ice Spice, I think you're cute. I know you're fucking talented because every time I go on a TikTok, there you are. And uh, and the people in the streets are saying Ice Spice is the one to watch for sure. In fact, Taylor Swift says she's the one to watch or somebody, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't Taylor's ex-boyfriend or the one that, you know, hated on her though. Okay, well, look, um, Ice Spice said that she's not number two. She's top two, but not number two. Had the whole internet in a frenzy this past weekend. So uh, Fast Rising Bronx rapper Ice Spice is attempting to claim her stake in the rap game as she boasts about being number one. Now, let me show you the tweet that she said, or that she posted. She said, top two and I'm not too bitch. 
I have to tell you, this is not going to be what you think it is. I'm not getting in the whole rap beef, girl beef, this beef, that beef, this Barb said that, this, that, that. I'm not doing that because I've said this on Complex. I'm going to say it right here. This rap beefing shit is bad for hip hop. I know that mm -hmm. uh, Charlemagne and them disagree with me because we know hip hop has had that for years where, you know, I, I feel like ballad out as long as it's on wax, but on social media and all that, you know, fighting and all, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, anyway, when she posted this, people were quick to say that she was uh, taking shots at other female rappers. And this is what happens. Whenever rappers say stuff, they post things or they say things. Sometimes there's a lot of subtle shades. Sometimes it's subliminal shots because a lot of you, you know, you, a lot of you are cowards. And a lot of y'all be sucking Nikki's dick. So we know historically you all have had that cancer in your careers, right? You can't really get a hit unless you use Cardi B as a marketing tool or whatever. You attack Cardi, Cardi attacks you, it's in the headlines, boom. That's been the the the, the thing. But but with this, I said, Ice Spice is moving so smart. She's doing such a great job. She has her buzz. There ain't no way Ice Spice is following that blueprint because she's already created energy and bypassed a lot of the girls that have been out there falling into those traps. So when I looked into it more, I saw something that... Two things happen. One, Beyonce has a song where she says, top two, two, uh, top two I'm not, top number, two, what, I'm not right? Mm -hmm. what, yeah, that's what, a common thing. Find that song where she says, um, top two and I'm not number two. It is. Johnny, stay out the show. You're not, we don't need your commentary. Thank you. That's why he has voice of God because he wants y'all to hear his voice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Beyonce has that as one of her lyrics. So I thought, okay, maybe she was some, saying something about Beyonce. Now this past weekend, let me show you the headline of Hot uh, 97 Summer Jam. This was the lineup. Cardi B was top bill, which means she's the headline. And then you had Ice Spice, Coyle Ray, Glorilla, Lola Brooke, French Montana, Fabio, Lil TJ. Uh, and they were all celebrating the 50 years of hip hop with the locks, who are iconic. Now, I want to show you this. A couple things. One, look at the lineup. Coyle Ray was there. Uh, 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 what's her name? Lotto was there with her boyfriend, 20. Well, Allegedly. Allegedly. 21 Savage. Then you had uh anyway, you just hot 97, Chris Ebro, Sean and there. but just I'm just saying the ops. Yeah. Like that was the yeah. op fest. I couldn't Ooh. even go to that. You know what I mean? I was supposed <laughs> to go. I had tickets, I had passes, I had flights, hotels. And then I just was didn't feel like traveling and I canceled everything. I didn't want to go. I want I wish I would have went and seen Ice Spice, but nonetheless, I wanted to go and see Cardi because she had an amazing set. Mm -hmm. Cardi hired our art director, Sean Harrison, who put together a phenomenal show with her and patience and the whole team over there. And there was a part in the show where there was a transition leading into the song Tomorrow with Glorilla, where the person who had made the track used the Annie song. So he created these graphics and it was beautifully done and well put together. Well, the internet trying to pit Cardi against Ice Spice made this whole thing that Cardi was allegedly throwing shade at Ice Spice, which was the most ridiculous mm -hmm. thing ever. Put the building back up. Because why would the number, one person on the bill in the biggest letters that has the biggest career, that has the greatest accomplishments in music so far of this group, why would she disrespect another girl from the Bronx? So what happened was the fans almost created this whole thing. And thank God, Cardi and nobody else fed into it because we all saw what it was, right? It was something being created out of nothing. Well, come to find out today, there's somebody else that uh, 
has said this, and this is a, a rapper by the name of Kenzo B. This is a photo of Kenzo. I don't know this rapper. I don't I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff, but I do see her popping up online and she's getting her buzz and she's building a name for herself. Uh, I Spice brought her out at the show. And so today, as I was on my way here, somebody sent me some more receipts and these tweets came up from I Spice. And this is what she actually tweeted. She said, Kenzo B verse on area codes really do it for me. Like top two, I'm not number two, bitch. So she was actually quoting a lyric from what she's saying. I'm not, I'm, I'm not conflating. This is what she says, what Ice Spice says, uh, that she was saying the words from a song by the girl she brought out at the show. And so people are now trying to create this whole drama out of nothing to pit the girls against each other. And I just have to say, I'm so proud that I spice, at least from what I've seen, I, I don't, I don't scour the internet for receipts like that. I mean, they usually get sent to me, but I like the fact that she's not feeding into the narrative and that Cardi's not feeding into the drama and that all of these women are able to continue to do their thing. Now I will say, if you do look at that top bill again, I spice is right next to Cardi, right after mm -hmm. Cardi. And she deservingly so should be, uh, where she is on that bill because she's beating all the other girls up there, including Coyle LeRae and everybody else that they think we don't like. We like everybody up there. Congratulations. Now, New Yorkers say Kenzo is the better rapper and they aren't letting Ice hold the number one spot. So people are now trying to put Kenzo, who Ice Spice brought out on stage, against Ice Spice, which is insane. Uh, now, um, again, congratu congratulations to all the women that were there, but how do we prevent these type of topics from becoming just a derailed train between artists? I think more artists need to take um, a note from the Beyonce playbook and just don't respond. Like there's no need for her to respond. Mm -hmm. Keep winning by getting on the Met Gala carpets, keep winning by being featured on the hottest tracks, keep winning by getting, you know, magazine covers. That's how she wins. And, you know, making fire music. Don't feed into the, the narratives that these trolls on the internet are trying to put out. Also, what's not talked about also is at Summer Jam, Ice Spice brought out Flo Millie and it gave her a moment and gave her a platform, which I thought was cool, especially because she's a darker skinned woman and she's like, like less hype than I would say Ice Spice is. But Ice Spice does a lot for the girls. She's not here for the fight. She's not here for the girl, the chit chat, all the catty shit. If I was Ice Spice, all I would tweet and say is, bitch, I was at the Met Gala and you were not. Case closed. Cardi and Ice Spice were the only ones at the Met Gala. And I feel like they're trying to pit her against Cardi because but, she just signed a queen. But, but even, or... even then, okay, yes, she signed this partnership with Nicki. She don't need to say I was at the Met because we saw you at the Met. I love the fact that mm -hmm. Ice Spice didn't say anything. I love the fact that Cardi B didn't say anything. Why feed negativity? Why give ne negativity food? Like at the yeah. end of the day, y'all were all there performing, not these fans. And I will say it is a very sad day when your fans have to drag other people down in order to prop you up. And this is where I will say, mm -hmm. like, I used to let the fans make me say all these crazy things about Nikki. And I did this week. Um, <laughs> so but I understand, like, there's a symbiotic relationship between the fan group and the celebrity. So it's almost like you can't they're almost synonymous with one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, but yeah, I think as you brought said they brought out Flo, Ice Spice brought out Flo Millie, mm -hmm. um, but you know you had Lola Brooke who was there doing her thing. You had uh, you know Lorilla. you had Lotto bring out who did Lotto bring out? 
Oh, Cardi brought out Lotto. Cardi brought out Lotto. So yeah. you had all these women supporting other women. Mm-hmm. You had I Spice bringing yeah. out Kenzo B. Like, this should be more celebrated, and that should be the consumption of this conversation, not the fact that there's people taking perceived shots by yep. tweeting things out. 100%. And even um, Glorilla brought out Krishan, which was big. Like, so, you know, Krishan's now broken up with Blueface and on her own, like, empowerment, grown Allegedly. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're broken up today because he went to jail. We're rooting for Krishan and all the girls. It was a big like girl gang party at Summer Jam. I was here for it. it so the cute. whole point is it's good to see women supporting women. Okay. Period. And I just feel like, again, let's let these women celebrate hip hop. Let them celebrate music. Um, I, I feel like there could be so much more fire hip hop music from women if they could all collaborate. But the fans yes. are the people that, 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 that stop it from happening. Now, here's the question I will ask you that I always fight with myself. Should Nicki Minaj be held accountable for the stuff that her barbs do? I think partly because she feeds, I think she feeds the fire a little bit. Um, I think she should shut it down. If she didn't want them to do it, she could tell them don't do it and they stop because they're fanatic fans. Like they'll stop if she tells them to. It's giving Donald Trump with the insurrection, like he could, he could control oh. his barbs, but he didn't say shit. So make it make sense. So you're sense. saying. Just so we're clear, <laughs> you're saying Nicki Minaj and Donald Trump are the same person. You're allegedly black. <laughs> allegedly. There he is. Well, all I will say is that there's no lies told. I think that when you know, like if Beyonce saw her fans attacking Taylor Swift for no reason, she would say something. Yeah. And I think that when you build a fandom like that and you have a cult following, it is your responsibility to pull them down. Now, I will tell you, for me, I, you know, I go back and forth. Some days I say, you know what? I'm not talking about Nicki anymore because I'm a fan of hers. I'm a fan of her music. But I can't even celebrate or enjoy her because every time I try to, here you motherfuckers come, right? I've already called you a terrorist group. I've already said that you all should be put in cages. I've already said that you all should be assassinated. Whatever the thing is, like, you should, like, you're all, not all of you. I'm talking about the fanatic ones. All of you laying in your basements, praising a queen who you're never going to meet. Hang it up, flat screen. I don't even know if that's a Hang it line. up, flat screen. <laughs> yeah, it is. See? Now you're going to say I'm a barb. Whatever. I'm not a barb, but I'm also not Barty gang. I'm just Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked. That's, this is the gang that I'm with. So I just, I don't understand it. You know, shout out, though, to, again, to Ice Spice for not feeding into it. Shout out to all the women who supported other women there. And uh, I'm glad I didn't go. I'm just glad I didn't go. And shout out to Cardi and your performance. It was phenomenal. I love the fact that you are back out there and I can't wait for the new music. Period. All right. Well, listen, I don't know if you know who Janet Jackson is, but it's Miss Jackson if you nasty and she got nasty this past weekend. So Janet Jackson, who's of a particular age, She's what, 54 or 55? How old is Janet Jackson? She's in her 50s. How She's old 57. She? She's almost Looking 60 years good. old. She's literally close to AARP age, right? Or is that 55? AARP is AARP age. Oh, she's, yeah, she's eligible for an AARP card. Oh. But she's still out 50 there. and older. Yes. Oh. Janet Jackson is of a particular age where she's eligible for not only an AARP card, but AARP silver. The 57-year-old went viral this past weekend after she was tonguing down one of her dancers, who happened to be 23 years old. His name is Darius Darius Dario Boatner. Now, let me show you a photo of Janet and Dario. This is Janet Jackson, 57, and this is Darius Dario, whatever, the dancer, 23 years old. 
Now, if you do the math, that's 34 years in age difference. Now, this is where I'm going to address the issue of homophobia because you're going to learn what homophobia could look like, right? It's not always saying faggot. It's not, it's, this is what, this is going to be a story of homophobia. Now, Janet Jackson and Dario Kissing went viral. Now, if you're a Janet Jackson fan, you already know this because you've seen it. Wait, put the photo back up for those of you watching. This is the photo. This is what they look like, okay? 57, 23, 34-year age difference. Now, here's the video that the world saw. Now, everybody that knows Ms. Jackson could get down and that she's been freaky for years. We all know back in the 20s, she was a lot worse than that. And I'm not even going to say that was worse. That was just Janet kissing a man. And all of you are online saying she was freaky. And, oh, my God, Miss Janet, Miss Jackson's nasty. Okay, well, listen, she used to travel the entire world having fans do all types of stuff. There was the one tour where she brought fans up on stage, strapped them to a bed, rode the hell out of them. I knew that gay boy from Oakland. Okay, and then uh, if you don't know, let me show you some photos if you've never seen it, okay? This is what I was talking about. Now, that's not the gay boy I knew, but she did that to this guy I knew from Oakland years ago. And she was in this Catwoman uh, latex suit riding. And, and baby, she wasn't just riding on top of him. She was shaking and twisting all between their legs. Every boy she brought on stage had sweatpants on. So you already know the erectile was happening, not the dysfunction. But, you know, uh, but this is what she used to do. Now, remember, she's also done a lot of other things that, you know, we're not going to get into here. It was not bad, but she's just freaky. Well, this makeout session has had social media in a frenzy. And this is what fans have had to say about the kiss. The fan said, I knew it was real from the jump. Come on, this is Janet Jackson that we're talking about. She beat all illusion allegations. She don't play around, me screaming, oh my God. And the per person at the top said, the people can't be surprised Janet's freaky, it's Janet. The next fan said, hold on, she ain't do this on my stop of the show. Freak. This person said, I'm still in recovery mode from Janet's concert on Saturday and my daughters went crazy when Janet kissed her background dancer. She's 57 years old and didn't miss a beat. Hadn't seen her since the Velvet Rope Tour, but she def put on one hell of a show out here in Houston, Texas, forever a fan. And this person said, woo, this was sexy as fuck. Well, clearly everybody enjoyed it. Everybody thought it was lit. I ain't gonna lie, Dario, Dario, Darius, I went to your Instagram. I went all <laughs> through it. So I, I was able to connect with you on a level that she did. Uh, but anyway, well, not like she did. Now, Janet wasn't the only person tonguing somebody down this weekend, okay? Well, here we go. I did too. Now, before I put my own tea out there, let me be very clear on a couple things. Let's do some housekeeping. One, I am single. I don't care what this video I'm about to show you look like. I was single then. I'm single now. Uh, two, I am 45 years young. I look great for 45. You don't have to tell me. I already know. Those of you in the comments saying I'm not are barbs. And I'm going to talk about you in a minute too. And number three, this was all consenting fun after a night out in West Hollywood with Rob. Now I'm going to blame Rob for this because <laughs> Rob and I said that we're only going to do two drink maximum mm -hmm. and we did what? Two, two bottles. bottles. But I did in, in, in my defense say when you said let's get a table I said uh 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 just two drinks and you got a bottle. 
to and start. Then, and then we got a second bottle. And then got a second bottle. Well, <laughs> shout out to Tito's. Okay, Tito's did what you're about to see. We went back to my house. About seven of us went back to my house, and then we got another bottle of Tito's <laughs> because it was gay pride. We were celebrating homosexuality. Okay. Now the person in the video is a friend of mine who does like me, who is telling me he's going to be my boyfriend, and his claim he has claimed. Yeah. That I am his. He calls you babe every two. He minutes. calls me babe every day, and I, he, 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 I'm having a great time with him. He's a great person, but I am very single, and he's single as well. He's free to do what he wants, and he knows I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, we went back home. I put on the music in my system, ordered some lobster pizza, and then I, of course, like anybody drunk, I went live. Okay, and this is what happened. That was where I probably went to sleep. Um, okay, first, couple things, couple things, couple things. Um, did we not have fun? It was so much fun. We had such a good time. Like, <laughs> any judgment of this is just jealousy or hatred because it was a good time. Yeah. Well, well, I have a couple things, a couple obs observations. One, there were people in my house I probably shouldn't have brought back to the house. Okay, let's start with that. Because when I'm in a live, I don't like people being in my live that I did not invite to my live. I saw people come in there trying to put hookah tips in my mouth, trying to get in the camera. I hate that shit. It, 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 it's giving clout chase for me, whether it was intentional or not. I don't like it, and this is why I don't be having people around me unless Tito's is involved. <laughs> the second thing is, y'all went right over weed and went straight to cocaine. They said we was coked out. And the third thing, we playing Nicki Minaj in the background. Now, this is what really drove people crazy. When I heard, when I saw the video and I heard the song, I knew they were gonna have a field day. And we seen the bars went crazy. He's a fan, he's a fan. I'm going to say it again. I'm a fan of Nicki Minaj. That is my favorite Nicki Minaj song, Looking As. And I, we played Nicki Minaj. Uh, but the comments, the comments, the comments. This is why I don't post people online, because you guys can't digest the fact that I am a gay, single man with fucking money, and I'm out here doing what I want to do. I saw some of the stuff that people were saying online. At first, I couldn't believe the craziness that I saw. And the guy in the video couldn't believe the craziness. And me and him had a kiki over the phone about all your comments. But it was the barbs who said all these viral things, visceral things about me. Uh, you actually called me a pedophile because I was kissing a 30-year-old man on camera who's 15 years younger than me, but 30 years old. The crazier part to me was... One, that it was coming from the bars. We know the only people that have headshots in the conversation touching young people is Nikki's brother who fucked his 12-year-old daughter. I'll say allegedly, but he's in allegedly. prison for that. And we know the other person. So it's the fact that you guys prop up this queen and then turn this whole fucking narrative into nothing into something because I'm kissing somebody who's legal unlike your faves family and then now all of a sudden here we are now i'm 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 attacking nikki i'm not attacking nikki i'm a fan who's a critic of the culture and now i'm criticizing you now where was all that energy when janet jackson kissed somebody 34 years younger she was being a freak or do we have a picture of al pacino where's al pacino he got a whole baby by a woman 
that's 54 years younger than him and all of you are congratulating him for being a dad. I think this is fucking sick. If Scarface was here, he would have come and said hello to my little friend. He would have shot his own nasty ass. But you know what? Y'all are sitting there waiting for a baby reveal. He may be dead by then. I think he's older than the president and y'all still worried about the leader of the free world instead of being elite, instead of being concerned about Al Pacino, your favorite Scarface actor, bringing the heat, no pun intended, to this girl who's 54 years younger. That means when he was 54, she was born. And y'all ain't calling him nothing, but I kissed somebody 15 years younger. I'm all types of pedophiles. I couldn't believe the comments, but then I thought about it. That's what homophobia looks like. The conflation of being gay, being a, a gay man, whether you're white or black, because this, this is supersedes race, mm -hmm. and dating somebody younger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're unhappy with me being happy. I'm sorry that you don't want to see me love on anybody. I'm grateful that the people I choose to love on can handle the craziness they see online. But it's the delusion for me of a Barb who can sit here and call me the very thing that your queen is connected to. is It's the audacity, but I also understand it. It's homophobia. Absolutely. Um, I, talk about, I, I talk about this constantly. I think the gay community continuously becomes the target of people's frustration and anger. And it's the easiest thing to use to sway people in a decision that you want them to make. It's what they used to ban books. It's what they used to, to, it's to propaganda. Yeah. To propagandize any movement they want to make, we become the easiest target. And when it comes to relationships, if a person who is older than someone else is in a relationship and it's a gay relationship, they automatically call the person a pedophile, which I think is disgusting. But have you known that for a long time? Because I'm just discovering Oh, this. yes. I feel like this is, it's been an ongoing thing. Um, I, I will say I think it's great that we're targeting women in this situation. I think it's great that people are applauding Janet for that. But at the same time, I think people need to wake up and look at the things that they're saying and note and, and understand the pattern of what they're saying and where they're picking up that behavior from because it's disgusting when you target that kind of energy towards a person who's gay. But do you guys feel like as gay men, they get looked down upon? Because I feel like if it was two girls kissing, if Janet was kissing a girl, they'd be like, ooh, that's hot. I feel like a lot of people like sexualize like girl and girl I mean, To stuff. a certain degree, I think if Janet was 83 dating a 20-something-year-old girl, there would still be that conversation. I think, I think it would be less loud than a gay mm -hmm. man and then less yeah. louder if it's a gay black man. I mm -hmm. didn't even know. Everybody knows I'm gonna always date younger. It's just what it is. Whether they're if they're 43, they're younger. If they're 33, now I'm not dating a 23 year old because there ain't nothing. There's not gonna be nothing in common. You know, I might hit one off on the way out of town, but that's just my choice. If we're all consenting adults, we can do what we want to do. You can have an opinion about it. Yes, me posting the video and going live invited people in, so that's why I'm not lashing out. I did go online and say what I said about you know uh, your favorite queen's family that's connected to pedophilia, it's documented, there's actually uh, headshots, or sorry, not headshots, uh, mug shots from the activity. Um, and so there's like a long-standing history that only one person in the conversation has people that actually have mug shots related to the very topic that you're pushing. Now, I, you know, I think about also when I, beyond just the homophobia, is that there are so many celebrities who are being bullied by this one particular fan base online who never respond, who don't lash out, who don't have the platform to say what they want to say. But I just don't think people understand, and this is where I'll go back to say as much as I don't want to bring Nikki's name into it, her fans almost open up the floodgate of conversation when it comes to these type of topics because I'm going to always constantly remind you of what I just said. Anytime you go online. And the other thing is, uh, you know, what if I wasn't strong enough to mentally handle that? What if the brands that I work with weren't strong enough 
in support of me and what I've built as a black business owner and as mm -hmm. a black storyteller to stay with me or if the people that I'm kissing, uh, you know, didn't feel some type of way. Like, yes, we all laughed at you behind the scenes, but it's really pathetic. And it just the, the just the contrast of seeing, you know, what I go through every day as a as a black entrepreneur is I have to go in rooms and look at how white people are given more than black people and eat that. Then I gotta go in rooms and look at how non-gay people are given more than me being gay and I have to eat that. Then I have to look at how many opportunities I can't get or that aren't given to me because they're threatened by my ability to take over whatever because I'm a black brilliant mind. So I gotta go build the shit myself. Two things happened this past year. One, Charlemagne said something and Shirley Ralph said something. Charlemagne said uh, that uh, it's basically it was it's 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 hard to know who, how do you know when people are friends for you like how do you know that people are are there for you that was one then when Charlamagne and then when uh, Shirley Ralph said that when she was at the Black Women event uh, for Essence and she got on stage and she said getting to where she is has been really really hard as a Black woman when I think about how hard it's been to get where I am right now this stuff just adds more weight on top of all that. We already got enough to deal with as gay men, as black business uh, entrepreneurs, as self-made entrepreneurs. But when it comes from your own people and people that don't understand their ignorance when they hop on the internet and say shit like that, thank God I'm strong enough, but I'm also resourceful enough and using my platform to highlight an issue you may not even think about. That yep. is homophobia, in case you don't know it. Janet Jackson, 57, kissing a 23-year-old and just being a freaky girl for entertainment and 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 uh, Al Pacino, 83, having a baby with a 29-year-old, and congratulations on the new kid, but me kissing somebody 30 years old is pedophilia. You guys have to uh, live with that at night. Not that you're gonna care because you all are losers anyway, but I just wanted to talk about it because there are people out there that this is a real issue, and I didn't know until you know me and you had the conversation that in our community, we have to deal with that. And I feel sorry for not in a bad way. I just feel sorry for gay people who don't have a platform, that mm -hmm. don't have the resources, that don't have the strength and the mental stability to be able to navigate through these really weird mm -hmm. conversations because, I mean, like, I don't even know wh who they would turn to. Yeah. You know? And I think it's that's why I think it is really powerful and important that you are using a space like this to have the conversation and putting a clear comparison in front of people because they may not realize the nature of what they're doing as being homophobic, but it absolutely is. It absolutely is. If you start to equate a person who is in a same-sex relationship with someone who is touching children because they're kissing someone who is an adult. Even when you just say it right now, I can't even understand the connection. Like, I can't. So th does that mean that's why you don't know that the young altar boy sucking the preacher's dick? Because you don't see the pastor being somebody who's going to do that is it is 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 it your is that why we're missing the 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 school teachers in the in the fifth grade who are fucking the little boys because you just wouldn't think of Betsy Sue being a touch a, a fucking child molester? What does it even look like, right? You don't know what a pedophile looks like. You don't know what a murderer looks like because we live in a sick, wicked world where it could be the person in your house. Mm -hmm. who, how many of your daddies touched you? How many of your brothers touched you? How many of your sisters touched you? I told a joke on the podcast, my last podcast, where my babysitter was 16 and I was eight and she and I was having sex with her and, and I was telling a joke about it and people were like, you're joking about being molested. I didn't even realize that was molest because I didn't think about it that way. And so I just find it very 
interesting and sad at the same time. And I will say again, you know, it's Pride Month, and this is why I think we should be able to normalize conversations that are bothersome to those of us who are proud to be gay and want to display love and affection without judgment. You know, um, it almost makes me want to call up a few more friends and just tongue them down for the internet. But, you know, I'm doing business in Abu Dhabi or Dubai. I'm doing business with foundations and working to help kids. And so that wasn't a good look to put out. But just because I chose to do that, which was reckless, and I blame it on Tito's, um, I shouldn't be on cocaine and fucking, you know, that, that's just crazy. And the fact that y'all keep bringing up this cocaine, they said the same <laughs> thing about Nicki Minaj, and I actually defended her and said, I don't think she does cocaine. What is y'all's infatuation with cocaine and pedophilia? Is that just a part of your, like, fan club packet? Like, do you guys get that <laughs> shit and, like, like, sit around and digest it with, like, trading cards? I don't know. It's just sad and pathetic for me. All right, goodbye. All right, listen. Uh, this happened this past weekend, and I saw it go down, and, baby, I didn't want to cover it. So Jason Lee ain't said nothing about it until right now, but Hollywood Unlocked had to cover it. <laughs> Uh, Dita, Dita, Diddy, and Misa Hilton. Uh, there was a lot going on online. First of all, let me put a disclaimer up. Not, not the physical disclaimer. Let me just say this. I, uh, the Jason Lee Show is on the Revolt Network, and we love Misa Hilton. And we loved the era of what this was because, as you know, Misa Hilton is the mother of Justin Combs. Let me show you a picture of Justin Combs. Justin is Misa's son, Diddy's son. Okay, now, Justin got caught up this past week because he got a DUI where he was pulled over under the influence. I don't know if we have his mugshot or the picture of that, but there was a mugshot. There was, yes, it's him being arrested. Now, I have to tell you, Justin is one of my favorite younger people of this era in, in entertainment because he's a very disciplined, very mature, very... Um, he carries himself very well. I've always loved Quincy and Justin and have always respected them and respected how they've been raised because you can tell that this woman right here has been a mama that don't play about her son and he's been a daddy who has provided for all of his children. Um, and I mean, even Quincy not being his birth son, he's treated him like his son. We've seen it over the years. And Diddy's gone through a lot recently, you know, the passing of Quincy's mother, Kim Porter, who who I loved and who everybody in the industry loved. And everybody respects Misa Hilton. Well, this past weekend, after Justin got arrested, baby, Misa, who is a celebrity stylist, fashion designer, uh, respected by everybody in the industry, she went on <laughs> social media. I don't know what we got here in the studio, but baby, there was a slide I didn't see us post on social media where she threatened the chief of staff at Diddy's business and told her, girl, step aside. We all respect you, but this is something you don't want to get into. I'm going to put up what Misa said, but I'm also going to keep it real cute because we're talking about the chairman's son. It's the chairman. <laughs> all right. Now, let me show you the post. This happened after Justin was arrested on suspicion of DUI in Beverly Hills. I'm not protecting no one anymore, just my son, 100. I'm not with none of that reality TV shit when enough is enough. Yeah, okay. The statement of fish rots from the head down. 
means that in addition to being a major contributing factor in a family or organization's success, leadership is also the root cause of its failure and demise. The truth shall set you free. Act bad, act bad, bad boy. I used to want to be a bad girl, chose to be a queen, tried and true. I'm not perfect, but I am intentional. How you go from one of the greatest to ever do it to making all your money off alcohol and suing the damn alcohol company? Sell something healthy that builds people up. I'm sick of it. Not mine. I should have kept my child with me. Fuck UCLA. Everybody can get it. 100. Everyone has to sit around for years and act like there isn't anything wrong with you. This is where the buck stops for me. 100. If anything ever happened to my son, God forbid, what is anyone going to say to me when we all know whose fault it would be? This is uncomfortable for many reasons. One, I love Justin and Quincy. Those are the only, and 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 baby Sean Diddy Combs, Christian. Because I will say every time I see Christian, and again, Diddy's kids for the girls, they all have manners. They are all great children. I'm not saying that because I'm on revolt. Because if I wasn't on revolt, I would still be saying the same thing. I just would probably lock myself in the house to get away from the chairman. <laughs> if I had to say something crazy. But I have to say, he and his baby moms have figured out a way of really raising and providing for these kids. Now, we all know that Diddy has an amazing deal, or had an amazing deal, I don't know the status of it with Diageo, where he gets, I think, reportedly, 50% of all the money made from Ciroc and De Leon mm. in the United States. Man. 50% of every bottle of, like, that's crazy that's money. So recently, um, you know, after they said that Justin ran the light or got the DUI and then the mom put him on a uh, blast, whatever, people are now blaming Diddy. I mean, social media is blaming him. Now, Misa is giving us some kind of code words. I don't know. She said something. The one slide I saw was her basically checking Diddy's like right hand girl saying, I, I, I think I forgot her name, basically saying, step aside and stay out the way because I know a lot and you don't want this. And she threatened her in a very nice way. Now, Misa is from New Jersey or New York, so she is not one of the, she, she, she's giving you, she's giving you, I got Vaseline and a razor right now in my purse with this photo right here. Okay, now. Um, 100. 100. Yeah, it was, it's you reading the 100 emojis. Because she kept saying it. I don't know, but what do y'all think about this when you see it? I'm all up for a mama bear defending her kids. But this was just straight bullets. I feel like Diddy did not. Like, just because your dad owns an alcohol company, that doesn't mean that's why you got the DUI. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Me, personally, I feel like there's a lot of things she wants to say that she did not say in this. But for me, I wish that she would have gone a little further on those topics because the alcohol brand thing isn't a problem to me. If if he's making a bag, people are going to continue to produce, bottle, and sell alcohol. And if a black man is making that much money off of it, I, I applaud him for it. So I think it's the other things that she was hinting at that she should have just it was let her those saying cats the out of the bag. set you free. Because I was like, oh, she wants to say something first of all, else. First of all, it was just messy. I'm not judging Misa. I think that as a mama bear, she said what she needed to say to put mm -hmm. a public record out there of her yeah. fighting for her son. Um, there were a lot of things not said, but we read through every line okay. with a magnifying glass, <laughs> 100. Um, I will say that she probably doesn't want to see anything happen to her son. Yeah. And I think she raised her son well, and Diddy raised his son well. Um, I will say, too that um, 
there were days where Diddy, Justin, Quincy, they would all wake up, Christian, and they would all work out with trainers at the house, and they would be eating healthy and drinking healthier, and 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 showing a lot more of that on social media. And sometimes when you don't see stuff, you think it ain't happening. So maybe she's saying you need to be promoting more positive stuff, the yoga that you were doing, all that. Remember when Diddy went through the whole public mm-hmm. uh, death of Kim Porter? Mm-hmm. He was very broken, yeah, very emotional, and there was a lot of empathy around him around that. And there were times where. We didn't know how Diddy was going to pull through. And then we've seen uh, it get a little darker around Diddy since that happened. And this person has had death after death for decades. We've had a, There's been a lot of things that have gone on that we've seen happen in Diddy's life. There's also been these rumors online that Diddy has something to do with Jamie Foxx's stroke and whether or not he drugged him. Allegedly. I mean, just the craziest stuff mm-hmm. surrounding him. And so maybe this is her publicly trying to get his attention, saying, hey, yo, you need to fall back and get your shit together. Whatever that is, I don't know. What I do know is we don't have a daily on deal no more. <laughs> Probably because Diddy's had to file this lawsuit to get his royalties. My understanding yeah. is that there's a royalty issue. There's a whole public lawsuit. You should check it out. I don't know. I hate when families are fighting publicly because it just allows for too much speculation. And then when you say all those bullet points, I mean, she, where's, where's it at? <laughs> okay. It really was. <laughs> but Misa, we were waiting for it. No, but seriously, in all, in all seriousness, I just hope they all get it back together. Yeah. I'm glad that sure. Diddy hasn't responded. It's been very quiet. Uh, Justin, little known fact, I had a DUI before. Mine ended with a car accident. I went to jail for a weekend. You remember that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled through. Those classes you're going to have to go to suck, but your dad has so much money. Just tell him to send the ju- Judge Abala Sirac and get you out of there. Um, I know that Misa's probably been on calls with Diddy trying to figure this out because mm-hmm. she ain't going away, and neither is that Instagram. Uh, and I pray that everybody involved stays safe. I don't want to see no more headlines on Hollywood Unlocked that somebody passed away or something. It would be too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need everybody to be good because we need this revolt check to keep coming through. So, so Puff, keep on keeping on. Don't stop. We won't stop. That's it. Period. All right. Now, speaking of sons, Wendy Williams' son is in the news. And listen, let me. I'm going to tell you a lot about this one, because this I do know. Wendy Williams, the queen of daytime talk, who's unfortunately retired too soon, and her son, Kevin Hunter Jr., who loves his mother and she loves him. First, let me tell you some inside things. When you walk in Wendy's house, when you walk in her house, as soon as you walk straight and you make a left, Kevin's room is right here. Kevin's room has artwork that she she's, you know, I don't know if you know Wendy's an artist, like painting. Mm. Oh, she has the most beautiful artwork. She has so many paintings of art in his room, one of Biggie, a lot of hip hop inspired stuff in his room that she painted for him that he's loved. And his room is right there before you go into the living room, kitchen, all that. And then her room is upstairs. But I say that to say, if you remember the Wendy Williams show, she talked to you about the time I took Wendy and her son and his cousin to the strip club for the first time. They was throwing money. Uh, I hosted Wendy a dinner for her here. You were there. Mm -hmm. We had a beautiful night out in West Hollywood where she didn't know anybody was going to come and all the gays, they would pack from wall to wall. And then uh, everybody knows my relationship and affection for Wendy. I don't talk about Wendy a lot because the last conversation I had with Wendy, she told me she was selling her New York apartment, selling all her things and moving to L.A., which I thought was just the craziest thing. But I've also felt since she left the show early, things have been kind of weird because she has this new manager who was a person who sells jewelry, who's a friend of hers that she trusts. And when Wendy left the show and said she was going to start a podcast, I don't know if you were there, but I called her and I offered to help her build her podcast. I offered to help her 
uh, restructure and, and figure it out because I had all the relations I know how to know how. And she was very quick to say, I don't need your help. I got Will. He's going to handle it. Will then became her manager. Then she has a caretaker. I'm going to get into that in a minute. And then conversations became really weird. The last conversation I had with Wendy Williams, she called me on my phone. Now, mind you, this is Wendy, whose show I've been on multiple times. This is Wendy who came to my birthday party with Cardi and party with me. This is Wendy whose home I've been to and had dinner parties with, or I've taken her to the gay club. I've hosted a dinner for her. I've had her booked at a club. Me and Wendy talk on the phone all the time. Wendy Williams is somebody that she knows I respect and love her, and I know she loves and respects me in her way. Because Wendy is just awkward. She's just that's just who Wendy is. And I took her to the Met Gala after party with Cardi. Like we, I you saw that. There's a lot about Wendy that I know and that I've seen that I've chosen not to talk about because it's not my place to do that. What happens in Wendy's home is Wendy's business. I will say I've never seen Wendy do drugs, uh, but me and Wendy both love to drink. Um, she can outdrink me, okay? And she's outdrank me, I will say that. But I also feel like in her own journey of getting sober, it's her choice of how she wants to handle that or not. I have not been an enabler. And when I did feel like I was becoming an enabler, I started not allowing alcohol to be a part of that. But what I will say is that since she left the show and she started doing her own thing, I've been concerned about the people around her. The last conversation I had with her, you guys saw the one public conversation where she called me and said she was getting married. Oh no, she called and said she was married. Mm -hmm. And I said, are you sure? I ran that story and then her manager, Will, said it wasn't true. And then I had to do the video audio recording and put that out for you all to listen to. But then the last call I had from Wendy when she said she was selling her apartment, selling all her things and moving to LA, she also in that same conversation said there was a woman who told her that she shouldn't be talking to me. Like you shouldn't be friends with him. Now, one thing about Wendy is she ain't listening to nobody like that. Okay. She actually, we laughed about it and we talked. And the last thing I know, she was moving to LA. Now her phone won't be, it won't pick up. It's just her voicemail. And she's moved out of her apartment, allegedly. So she's somewhere supposedly here on the West Coast. Well, her son, who I know she loves, and her son, who I know loves her, who when I tell you that when his dad left the house, this woman kept this man by her side. He then went off to college, moved to Florida. So he was out of her home, leaving her by herself. It's just her and her cats. And her cats can't do shit but run around the house and meow. Okay, but it was just Wendy by herself. So Wendy went from having a home with her son and her husband and their cats to just being with her son to now being alone, then losing her show, then losing access to her bank account, which could send a natural person in a spiral. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying I understand it. Well... Kevin Hunter Jr., who never talks to the press, who don't like being in the spotlight, has now broken his silence. And he says that he's worried about her and her health and accuses her team of taking advantage of her and even said that she might die or something to that effect as a result of the negligence of people around her. Now, uh, Wendy's been under guardianship, which I didn't even know since last year. And now the severe alcoholism and mental health and all that, I will say I don't know her mental health. We know her physical health issues with... Uh, uh, the the ankle disease and we know all that, but and I will say yes, I know that Wendy does drink and Wendy when she drinks it is a lot. It's excessive. If I have to be honest, um, I will say when we went to the Met Gala after party, and you know we were drinking champagne. Once that bottle was gone, the whole liquor, the whole bottle of vodka was gone. And I didn't have no vodka. 
And that's when I said to her, like, this is it. No, there's like, we're not going to get together and drink anymore. There's no more drinking. This is a wrap because I don't want to be the enabler. I don't want to mm -hmm. be the friend who loves you enough to pull up for you, but then also allows you to like ruin your life. And so for Kevin Jr. to come out and speak, he must really believe something's going on. We know she lost her mother. We know her brother's been throwing her under the bus or saying whatever he's had to say about her. Now, according to Kevin Jr., Wendy's been under guardianship since last year due to her alleged and severe alcoholism and mental and physical health. I talked to you a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff that I've seen and stuff that I know for sure. And uh, has been she's been reportedly in jeopardy ever since. Now, while Wendy's team has denied reports of any hospitalization, Kevin has said that he's been present during all of her appointments and has witnessed how her ailments and alleged alcoholism are taking a toll on her body and claims her team doesn't even care about her. Now, Kevin, who's 22 years old, said, quote, I know there are all sorts of things happening that I know are in her right mind she would never, ever agree to. As hard as it is seeing her being taken advantage of, I know that if I'm making sure she, as a person, is okay, that is the important thing. Also, the people around her feel that she needs to keep on earning income, and in my opinion, that, should be, that shouldn't be a priority at all. Whoever has been hired, uh, they are taking advantage of someone who needs to get better. Now... I remember when Wendy had Bernie around her, that was Bernie's thing. And then she alleged that Bernie, her manager, who also managed Rosie O'Donnell, was also taking advantage of her and was, was a part of holding her money hostage and this and that. I haven't talked to Bernie, so I don't know whatever happened to that. But it's really sad to see that Kevin has had to come out and speak in support of his mom and that we can't hear from Wendy. Like, I reached out to Wendy's niece, who I know is deeply connected to Wendy. She had kind of gotten pushed out. She said she hasn't heard from Wendy. I haven't talked to Kevin yet, and Wendy's phone is just going straight to voicemail, and she's not answering. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I will say, and this is, again, just me keeping it real, Wendy's memory is slips. Um, I could say something to Wendy, and then, like, a couple minutes later, she will forget I said that. Like, I, I'm not at all suggesting that there's dementia or anything like that, but I will say that there are issues, serious issues. And the fact that now they're keeping her son away, allegedly, from what he's saying, or people are just focused on the money. You know, they had her book to go speak at an event in Atlanta. She canceled. We haven't seen the podcast. We haven't seen Wendy physically. I don't know. What do you think? I, for me, I feel like stories like the last story, some stuff should be in private. Some stuff shouldn't be put on the internet. But I love that Kevin Jr. is speaking out because it's like a, I feel like it's a cry for help to call attention of like, wait, yeah, what is going on with her? Is the management weird? Like, it's very weird. And on the room next door where we have our wall of guests for Wendy, I put a post-it and it just says like praying for her and wishing her the best because I feel like everyone's rooting for her. And it's something's fishy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is why it's so important to keep people around you who are family or friends yes. or um, associates who actually care about the well-being of you and your person. Because at the end of the day, the people who seem to be around her now are just concerned about income. And that's problematic. So I do applaud him for using uh, his platform to try and call attention to what he thinks is, you know, ill treatment of his mother. Because... Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, you know, you know, my relationship with my mother, I love her to death. And I couldn't imagine someone taking advantage of her, even though we don't see eye to eye. She's my mother. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine the pain he's going through seeing his mom go through this. Yeah. Well, and the other thing Wendy said, too, is that she wanted to come on my show. So like she was of sound mind that day. I don't know. It just it's all weird. 
you know, I, I don't know what's happening, but uh, Will, Will Selby, who is the person that Kevin is talking about, who's a part of Wendy's team, and I'll show you a picture of them real quick. This is Will and Wendy. Now, Will, my understanding, created jewelry for Wendy and then somehow became her manager and somehow was putting together the podcast. Remember when we had the whole dispute over whether or not she was actually married or not, he was the one that made the statement that basically what I said wasn't true. And then I put the video on. He did say he wasn't saying that I wasn't being truthful to what Wendy may have told me, but that he said she wasn't married. I don't know. Uh, he did speak out in opposition of what uh, young Kev said. And, she, and he said, quote, Taking advantage of her for what? I'm not here to brag, but I was doing just okay before Wendy came along, and I insisted on helping her because she requested my assistance. Wendy is under court-appointed court guardianship. Everything that she does or I do has to get approved by that court. If your mother was near death, would the first thing you do is call an, outline, an online publication? I usually don't do this. I'm only speaking on behalf of my client, and I'm not trying to have a debate with Kevin. He's a young man, and honestly, I feel like he's gone through a lot. He's probably dealing with a lot. He's entitled to his opinion, but let's actually utilize some common sense. I am surprised that you would even say that about Wendy's son. Wendy loves her son. Wendy loves her son more than she loves you. Wendy loves her son more than she loves anybody. I know this for a fact. And I also know that if Wendy was in her sound mind, she would absolutely 1000% unequivocally not allow you to say that about her child. I know that. Now, do I think you were doing good before her? I'm sure. Do I think you're doing a lot better with her? Absolutely. Do I think that if you and the court appointed person got together to talk about how do you how to utilize resources to help Wendy that you could? Yes. Do I think you could put a sound plan together to get things approved that you probably don't need? Yes. Is there a reason why we don't see Wendy, the queen of daytime talk, not talking anywhere? There's a reason. Why? It's the same reasons we're asking, where's Jamie Foxx? What's happening? We need to see Wendy. We need to hear from Wendy. Wendy's not a big person to go and talk online and to get on social media. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, she's not the type of person that would disappear and let you talk about her son. Like That, to me, is just really crazy. I don't want to make this a Will versus Kevin thing, but Will, you just made it a Will versus Kevin thing. The fact that you're talking about it, her son. Now, you better be careful. You may not care, but Will, Kev's daddy, let's not Big forget, because you, you may be talking shit about Wendy's son, but you also talking shit about Big Kev's son, and we already know how that's going to play out. Big Kev is not going <laughs> to let you sit there and play in his son's face. You may not care. I mean, maybe you're in the streets like everybody else out there. I don't know. I call the police. I'm with the feds. I'm, I'm with all that. Uh, I, I'm just going to be watching and praying. I'm going to call Kev tonight and hopefully have an update when this airs this week and kind of see how he is. And Kev, you're always welcome to come on our platform. We can do a whole segment. Where we, where's Wendy? Where's Wendy's segment every week where we could talk about it? And you can um, you know, use my platform to say whatever you want. Praying for you, Wendy. We love you, and we hope that you're, you're okay. All right. We made it through another show. It's time for... Got to breathe. <laughs> I don't know how that gets me God, every time. Every I time. Oh my God. It's all about time. Well, one thing this past week has taught us is that life is precious. Now, make sure that you're enjoying your time down here on this thing we call Earth. Do all the things your heart desires, even if you got to tongue kiss somebody in public, because tomorrow is never promised. Like my baby mama Rihanna said. Ain't none of this shit promised. That sounded redundant, but you got the point. That's why I'm living my life to the fullest. And if I want to fly to Aruba this weekend or fly somebody into L.A., it's my choice. If I want to tongue some young but legal 
sexy men down like Janet did. Fuck it. Miss Jackson and Mr. Lee don't care about the haters because we know the criticism is still going to come and we're still going to be at it, richer than y'all trolls, doing what we want to do. And you know who else doesn't give a flying rat's ass about it? Pete. Pete Peter Davison. That man went all the way out the way to call Peter and leave a voicemail from Peter about sucking on the Peter. Now that is the shade. Who leaves voicemails anymore anyway? Because that is a receipt that gets dropped on TMZ or Hollywood Unlocked. He told that woman to shut the fuck up and suck his dick. Yeah, that was kind of hot. Yo, that's the definition of not giving one single fuck. Now we should all aspire to be that level of petty and not giving one fuck because I Spice didn't. You know, she reached that level too. Shorty went on to Twitter and said, fuck it. Fuck all the other girls. She's not number two. She's number one. But we found out today that that's not really what happened. So jumping to conclusions is also stupid, right? We're not going to do that either. Because whether y'all agree or not, men lie, women lie, and numbers don't. Well, we don't know if Lisa Hilton lied because we ain't touching that. But Misa Hilton went on and left Diddy's comments in the shamble earlier this week. Now, that was clearly a woman who's fed up. But at the end of the day, she is a mother and she was riding for her baby, down to protect him at all costs. Hey, even if it means dragging your legendary baby daddy, a hip-hop icon, all across the coals for the trolls to feed into, we're just going to send well wishes to them because we don't want no parts of it. All those parties involved, we hope that they come to resolution for Justin's sake and for the sake of our daily on deal. Because again, life is too precious to beef with your loved ones or to care what other people think that don't matter much less pay any of your bills. They don't pay nothing, so why are you paying any attention? Now, from all the love that Miss Jackie O has been receiving in her passing too soon, it looks like she truly lived her best life every day. Now, to DC Young Fly, her three beautiful children and the rest of their family, we send our deepest condolences. Now, to Wendy Williams, we will also continue to send you up in prayer, making sure that we tell you and all the people that you love how much you love them and how much that we should love you back. Make sure that you do that to your family and friends, the people that you care about. Give them their flowers when they're alive and make sure you live life to the coolest. That's it. That's the end of the show. Make sure that you're tuning into every episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. You should follow us everywhere uh, on social media, Hollywood Unlocked, and follow the Jason Lee Show page. Make sure that you're also watching everything we do over on Facebook and Instagram because we have lots of content going up there. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah, make sure you're watching this uh, podcast on YouTube, but that you're also downloading it everywhere podcasts or streams, including uh, SoundCloud. We're over there. Our next guest this week on The Jason Lee Show, now the returning, is the one and only Kiki Palmer. <laughs> Snatch to the gods. And also, here's a little clip of that episode. Take a look. What I love is that not only do you love the entertainment of it, but you're very supportive of our community. Oh, absolutely. Because I saw recently you uh, you were you received an award. Uh, yes, the Vanguard Award. And that was at the, at the uh, LGBT Center. Here yes. in L.A. with T.S. Madison, yes. who we love as well. Love T.S., yeah. Besides being a gay man trapped in a black woman's <laughs> body, where did your affection and support uh, and not just... Um, uh, acceptance, but but just really um, progressively supporting our movement forward come from? Well, simply because I think it's, it's worth it. I mean, I don't think that uh, anybody deserves the hate that the LGBTQ plus community receives. That's number one. So that's just me as a person. I see something happening. I, that's why I want to support. But then also, I mean, what the gay community has done for the culture. I mean, specifically black gay men. I mean, there's so much that inspires who I am that I think um, it would be crazy not to acknowledge and uplift mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, so do you have any family members that are gay? Yes. 
not anybody my age group that's cute. Because I'm single at this point. No male, no no gay male no gay cousins. Man. Really? Yeah, oh. girls though. I had to take advantage of the opportunity to see if she could hook me up with somebody. But I love how that clip even falls in theme with what we're saying today. And so make sure you go and watch that episode on Revolt. And also, if you want to stay in touch with me, just text me, 310-388-6463. We put the number right up here for your consumption. Johnny, where's the number? Put it up. Here we go. Back to the gagging days. All right. Pull up. Make sure you uh, save this podcast in your favorites. And just give us a five-star rating. Goodbye. The Jason Lee Podcast.